Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Ryan Warner. And we are the Movie Nights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this because you want to hear our uncensored and unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies, so kick back, grab a snack, and thank you for being a part of the conversation. Ooh. Almost, almost fucked it up. That's like a walk almost. in and you just kind yep. of stumble, like, oh, but you oh, catch oh, yourself. Yeah. It's like you're left on red, but then she responds with, sorry, I was busy. And it's like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. we almost fell, but we did it there. Uh, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Just, uh... Living the dream means I want to die. So we can do. Yep. But uh, but yeah, no, uh, we actually have a lot of interesting things to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna kind of start off right away here with the DGA awards just happened. Yeah. What, what, is what, a, what is the DGA though? The Directors Guild of America Awards, which is a big boy predictor in the Academy Awards for directing, like Ben Affleck for Argo. A moment of silence for Daddy. Thank you. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, famously Ben Affleck won the DGA award, but then was not even nominated for the Academy Award. So that was kind of a whack year in which that happened. Mm-hmm. But um, unsurprisingly, Sam Mendes walked away with the award for Best Director for 1917, mm-hmm. which I think now staples him as the clear front runner to win that Academy Award. And uh, you would think you still think it's going to be Quentin? There's going to be a major snub in one of the categories. If I had to put money on it. It's gonna be this one because honestly, I don't see a I don't see one movie getting snubbed over the other for best picture because mm-hmm. I think we talked about this last week. Um, yeah. But I would I would be happy with any one of the nine winning. I think Ford v Ferrari is the weakest of the nine, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I I also agree that all I'm I'd be happy if any of those nine films won best picture, and also um, I I wouldn't be like completely mouth open shocked if Quentin won. But I don't think they're going to give it to him just because even the Academy members know Mm -hmm. that's not his, like, top-tier movie. Neither was The Departed. Yeah, but that's a whole different thing. How? He'd been directing movies for, like, 50 years. Quentin's only been doing it since the 90s. It's, like, 30. Still, it's same, same, but different. You know? Same, same, but different for those who know sign language. I don't know. I mean, Quentin could win it, but I... I don't know. I don't know. But by the way, next week, a week from today, we will be announcing our official predictions for the Oscar winners. And we do it a little bit differently. We um, we have a game set up, which we'll go into explaining mm-hmm. it next time we're here. It's a very fun game. Nick won last year, and it was the first time I ever lost in my life because the Olivia Coleman thing. Which I am still incredibly happy I'm happy won. about, but I was the only... That was the only category where Nick like had the upper hand there, mm-hmm. and uh, he ended up winning because of it. So you know it's on. Hey, you know Me what? Nick, no. A win's a win. A win's a win. Hey, no, he won fair and square. He won fair and I, square. Listen, I've only been a part of this group for about a year and a half now, almost two years. Mm-hmm. Two years. Two years, maybe. I don't know. But that was my first time with the Oscars. All I know is uh, Nick is undefeated at this. <laughs> That's all I know. Yes. Yes, uh, in terms of like the movie nights, Oscar parties, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think I think we are going to film it. Um, the more I think about it, I, I mean, I mean, it'll be a shitty like one wide angle with everyone yeah. just going. But I mean, I, I think I think we can do it. It'd be a lot of fun. Make some space, you know, yeah. in our massive studio that we have. My apartment. Yeah, no, it's not <laughs> massive. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, it'll be a lot of fun, and next week's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, going off of the um, DGA Awards, yes, there was something else that I wanted to talk about. Speaking of Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. did you see the news about his Bounty Law episodes? 
I did. I found that very fascinating. So uh, explain to the good people what's going on and give us your thoughts and opinions on Yeah, that. so as Tarantino does with every single one of his movies, characters, and scripts, uh, he treats it as if they were real people, uh, so much so that whenever actors come onto the set uh, ready to shoot, Tarantino hands them a pamphlet full of their character's life, when they were born, where they grew up, what uh, movies they like, kind of music they like. Uh, basically, he creates a whole character for these people. Uh, when he did that for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, he took it a little bit further than what he would usually do. Uh, he ended up writing uh, five episodes of Bounty Law. I believe it's five episodes of Bounty Law, the show that Rick Dalton was uh, got his uh, stardom. What's the word I'm looking for? That he he, he became famous like his it's like staple yes his staple yeah. uh, was in Bounty Law mm-hmm. and uh, Tarantino ended up writing five episodes or he, he plans on writing five episodes for it and he wants to make like a little TV miniseries out of that he wants to write and direct all five episodes and I think that would be a lot of fun to do uh, not only for him but for anyone involved and of course it'd be fun to watch I don't know where they would plan on either streaming it or like what television network would want it, um, but I'm sure someone out there would want it, uh, but that'd be a lot of fun. I hope this goes through, because I would thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this. I love the Rick Dalton character, and the little snippets that we got in the movie of Bounty Law with Rick Dalton, I thought that, I thought those were a lot of fun. Um kind of lore behind uh, the TV show. Um, but that's kind of my quick thoughts on it. Uh, do you have any thoughts and opinions on it? Because I'm looking forward to it if it does happen. No, no, no. I'm looking forward to it too. What I'm curious about is if, if it, is it solely just going to be like the Bounty Law episodes or is it going to be like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where they'll do like maybe one episode is an episode of Bounty Law and then the next episode is like Rick Dalton on set mm-hmm. about like making the episode and then the next one's going to be like, oh, this is the actual fictitious episode. Like, I don't know how it's going to be broken up. Yeah. And Sony, from what I understand, distributed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. So, I don't know what TV stations they own or... But, but you mm-hmm. know, whatever that... Whatever deal they work out, I think, is where we'll see that show air in terms of where it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I, I think it's really interesting. And I think it's just Tarantino having fun. Yeah. And... You know, he says like he's going to make ten films and be done. I don't buy that shit for a second. I think he's going to be involved. I mean, uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't want to be like, oh, he's only doing ten because you know, fucking. Yeah. But like, I, I think he'll do ten and then stop for a little. But he's not just going to stop. No, I mean, I know he still wants to write and do all this mm-hmm. shit. And uh, the past few weeks, he's come out and said a lot of different shit. Like he wants to be involved in this and that mm-hmm. and this and. He still wants to be involved, but as far as like him only doing ten, I think it's more so like a directing side. I think writing, like writing and directing his own project. Yeah. Even then, I I don't buy it. I mean, he has a family. I I, I, I I believe that he believes that. I believe that he believes he'll only do ten. But but you think he's gonna get fuck? You think he's just gonna get sick of just kind of? No, no. I, I don't think he's gonna get sick of not. I, I just think he's gonna have a story he really wants to tell, and he's like, I can't sit on it, and he's gonna do like it's just it's in his blood. Yeah. Like he's gonna make another. I mean, that's movie. how all his movies are. Just yeah. like and it, you... just like any great filmmaker, just like it's not they're not doing it because they need they want money. They're doing mm-hmm. it because it's like that's what they were like. They feel like they have to do, and I think yeah. that absolutely applies to Quentin Tarantino. And I think that um he will 
direct more movies after the ten, and he, I think he, I think, I think we'll see him take a break for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think he'll write and direct more movies because that that's. I don't but, know. It's just weird because it's, it's it's not like an athlete where your body can only reach a certain like physical right. level where you have to retire. Like, look at Spielberg. He's fucking what ninety years old and still making movies. <laughs> not ninety, but like he still makes movies. Yeah. And like you have, you know, um, George Miller is in his eighties and he made Mad Max Fury Road. You know, like like age does not have an effect on you writing and directing films. Yeah, and you know, there's no reason to stop. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like extremely personal family stuff, but from what I understand, that doesn't really apply to Quentin Tarantino. I mean, he has a little girl on the way, yeah. I believe, or uh, just born recently, past. I think maybe on the way, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, but it's you know, but I, I and I see him stopping for a little bit, mm-hmm. but I, I he'll do eleven, and it, and it'll it'll be a really funny ad campaign. But yeah, I'd like to see him do a fucked up horror movie. I would love to see him do a straight horror movie. I'd love him to see to do. I would love to see him do a straight comedy movie. Yeah. Be just for shits and giggles, that'd be really amazing. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we'll have to see. I mean, but like, uh, gonna, you know, each of his movies have like where he took time off, and then mm-hmm. he's like, "I want to make a movie," and then mm-hmm. this project happens. So when you say he's going to take time off, do you think it's going to be long? Because the last movie, uh, what this movie, this one came out in twenty nineteen. Last mm-hmm. one was twenty fifteen. Hateful Eight. So you think it's going to be like four years, and then he's like, "All right, I'm ready." No, I, or... I, I think it might be like ten. It might be like a yeah, ten year wait. Years? Yeah. Fuck. Okay. But like he he'll he'll do more. Yeah, I I, I agree. And 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 but I but I think he thinks he's done mm-hmm. until he isn't. So it, it'll be interesting to see if he actually sticks to his guns and does ten. I'll be thoroughly shocked. Yeah. Like I'll be like, wow. He and by wasn't ten, kidding. you mean just writing like writing his directing own. his own ten? Because I I think he will in the meantime just. Write scripts, sell them. I mean, he's yeah. he's said like I, I could even see him directing some TV. He's done an episode of ER yeah, or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. No, I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, no. But uh, yeah. What else you got on the slate though? Something I want to talk about. This is kind of old news, but um, it's just I'm very fascinated by movies that were supposed to happen and then never happened. Mm-hmm. It's just a really fascinating thing to me. There's actually a really great documentary directed by the late great John Schnepp called The Death of Superman Lives What Happened. And mm-hmm. it's all about the Nicolas Cage Superman movie that was mm-hmm. supposed to happen. It talks about all the screenwriters that were on the project, talks about all the drama I went through, like even has footage of like the costume tests, the concept art has all this stuff. Like this movie was supposed to happen and then yeah. it just never did. Kind of like, like Avatar 2. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I won't believe it till we're sitting in the theater. Yeah. But uh, something that I wanted to talk about was when Lucasfilm announced that they were going to be making new Star Wars films but under Disney... Uh, they had hired J.J. to do Episode 7, Ryan Johnson to do Episode 8, and Colin Trevorrow of Jurassic World fam to do Episode 9. Mm-hmm. Colin Trevorrow also directed a great independent film called Safety Not Guaranteed. But, um, and they all had to work on various, like during Sages of Each production, like I, you know, Ryan Johnson was sent dailies of Force Awakens while he was writing and like pre- in pre-production on his mm-hmm. just so that they could all try to be on the same page even though we, we know how that worked out. But, uh, in terms Thanks. of being on the same page. But, um, Colin Javaro's episode 9, a lot more information has come out about it, and I'm fascinated by things that could have been. And from what I understand, a lot of what is being revealed is legit. And it was first scooped by Robert Meyer Burnett, uh, and he got his hands on a version of the script that Colin Javaro and his writing partner, Derek Connolly, wrote. And basically... The script, um, while the actual script is not online, the breakdown and plot points of the script with concept art of said points leaked online. And Colin Trevorrow did confirm that the concept art was 
real and he confirmed the title of the film mm-hmm. and it was going to be called Star Wars Episode 9 Duel of the Fates which is a fucking awesome title yeah like oh my god what a great definitely title definitely play on the the famous song yeah and then you have Duel of the Fates uh, Ray's Fate and Kylo Ren's Fate yeah and I just it's a fascinating title yeah it, it was a good title and um, while there are some minor similarities with Rise of Skywalker which is why him and Derek Connolly still got story credit on that movie mm-hmm. A lot of it is vastly different. And I read various reports, and I watched Robert, Robert Myers' Burnett, like two and a half hour long video talking about it. And so I'm not going to get all the points, but I will get points from memory. So if I forget something or if I missay something, please let me know in the comments below. So basically, um, right off the bat, one of the big differences, and I'll pull up the opening crawl because I know that they have that, like the entire opening crawl. Mm-hmm. But one of the differences is uh, Rose has a lot more to do. Oh, God, and, fucking damn it. I thought she was a fine character. So Rose and um, Finn, are they're still like a will they, won't they. And they are on a mission and they're undercover. And they go and they actually hijack a Star Destroyer. Poe might be there too, which is just an awesome idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rey eventually shows up. She disguises herself as a Tusken Raider, but you don't know that it's her. And then she reveals, kind of like Leia in Return of the Jedi, reveals that it's her. And she has a double-bladed blue lightsaber. Part of Anakin's half that got broken in Last Jedi, and the other half is her staff. So it's like a huge-ass lightsaber, and it's part staff, part lightsaber. The last time we saw that was with Darth Maul. Yep, and there was concept art for that. Yeah. And it looked pretty awesome. Um, I'm going to pull up the opening crawl. But uh, another cool thing was um, at one point in the film, basically in the opening crawl, which I'll pull up, it talks about how all communication has been cut off from like the resistance and every other like system so they're they're trying to get help but they have no way of communicating so they have to find out like if there's like a beacon that they can go to to send a message of help to the rest of the galaxy and they find out that um, the first order has taken over a planet that has a beacon like that and the planet is Coruscant from the prequel trilogy which one was Coruscant? The one that all the Jedi lived on, where the Jedi Temple was, like the main planet. Oh, shit. And it's all in ruins now, but the First Order's taken it over, and they have like a beacon that they can communicate. Yeah. So Leia and BB-8 and R2-D2 and 3PO all... And I, I'm getting some of the people wrong, I know. But I know Leia and BB-8 for sure go to Coruscant in disguise to try and sneak their way into the message area to yeah. ask for help. And basically, once they get there, um, Leia does the exact same thing from A New Hope, and it's the exact same speech when she asks Obi-Wan for help. But instead of saying, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope, she just says, help me, whoever's hearing this, you're our last hope. And it cuts to various places around the galaxy of people turning and the message shows up. And one of the places it goes to, it goes to one of the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And watches it, and then it also goes to the broom kid from Last Jedi in his little area, and the message pops up there, huh. and uh, which I thought was really cool. And that's what sort of like was the Lando moment in Rise Skywalker. And Lando's also in this script. She actually goes to Lando to find out where the beacon is. Yeah, and he then tells him to round up the smugglers to help out also. Okay. And also while that's going on, Finn um, kills a stormtrooper, and while the stormtrooper's dying, it takes its mask off. And, like, dies, like, a really slow, miserable death. And Finn Mm. has this moment of, like, oh, my God. Like, I used to be one of these people. And they're just... They were kids who were brainwashed. 
So he refuses to kill any stormtroopers for the rest of the movie. And at one point, him and Rose rally up a whole team of stormtroopers, convince them to quit and join the resistance. And apparently in the final battle, like a hill of former stormtroopers come over with Finn leading them into the battle against the First Order. Which would have been fucking cool for Finn's character. They would have stormtroopers actually... versus stormtroopers. Yes, yes. Interesting how you could lead an army against lead an army of people you once were against an army of people you once were. Yeah, it, it was. It would have been cool for Finn's character. It would have been interesting to see how they would have been able to pull that off. Because his his character doesn't really have like a satisfying. Ray! Yeah, Ray, Ray. Um, God, what a wasted character. Yeah. Also, this is the opening crawl that I said I was going to bring up. Yep. The iron grip of the First Order has spread to the furthest reaches of the galaxy. Only a few scattered planets remain unoccupied. Traitorous acts are punishable by death. Determined to suffocate a growing unrest, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has silenced all communication between neighboring systems. Led by General Leia Organa, the Resistance has planned a secret mission to prevent annihilation and forge a path to freedom. Which leads us to Kylo Ren and what he's doing in this movie, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. Kylo Ren uh, is sort of like what he's doing in the beginning of Rise of Skywalker, where he's just kind of going rogue and staying away from the First Order, and Hux has been promoted. Yep. Hux is Chancellor now. Yes. Okay. And so Hux is running things while Kylo Ren is off. With the Knights of Ren, I'm assuming? No, I think it might just be him. Uh, that's... I don't know. Maybe the Knights of Ren. I don't exactly remember that detail. It'd be cool if he brought in Knights of Ren and yeah. actually did something with them. Uh-huh. And basically, he's just going around trying to find out things, kind of like in The Rise of Skywalker. But instead of finding the Emperor, he does find a Sith holocron. And they actually call it a holocron and not a wayfinder. But and it's a holocron, and in the Star Wars universe, they contain messages. Mm-hmm. And he gets it working, and it's Emperor Palpatine. But it was Palpatine leaving a message for Darth Vader that Darth Vader was supposed to get after Return of the Jedi. And Palpatine says in the message, I think our plan will work and Luke will turn. However, in case he doesn't and he kills me, I need you to do something, Lord Vader. I need you to go to this planet. And it wasn't called Exegol, but it was like similar to Exegol. Mm-hmm. Because then you're going to find... I for, I'm forgetting the name of the Sith Lord he says, but he goes, this is the Sith Lord that trained me. But it's a major Sith Lord. I remember seeing something about that, like in the lore in the books or yeah, something. Yeah, and but basically, it's very reminiscent of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Empire Strikes Back saying, there you will find Yoda, the Jedi Master who trained yes. me. But it's supposed to go to Vader, and then the Holocron reads Kylo Ren. It's like, you're not Vader, and it like hits him with some poison, and it like fucks up his whole look, his whole face. And when he goes to find the Sith Lord, it, he's there and he's like some alien muscle alien creature. Mm-hmm. And they make him a brand new mask, but it looks different from his original mask. And he trains with the ultimate Sith Lord, basically. It'd be cool to get like a dark side mm-hmm. version of the Yoda. And speaking of dark side version of the Yoda training, they do the exact same scene from Empire Strikes Back where Kylo Ren goes into a cave and fights Darth Vader. That's fucking rad. But the thing is, Darth Vader kicks his little ass and hands him his ass in his vision. Yeah. Which kind of is what showed him he wasn't ready to go in a fight. Also, another really cool thing is Luke's Force Ghost played a ma- more of a major role. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he would visit Rey and just train Rey, much like in Rise of Skywalker, except with Leia. But he was also kind of haunting Kylo. He would randomly just show up wherever Kylo was and be like, what are you doing? Stop doing this. If you just stop now, they'll forgive you. 
please, for the love of God, basically mm. just go and turn yourself into the resistance and just, just stop all of this. Like the whole movie, Luke is jumping back and forth, helping Ray and also con- trying to convince Kylo to stop what he's doing. But Kylo keeps ignoring him, trains with the Sith sure. Lord. And when push comes to shove at the end, and there's a whole lot more that I'm just not remembering and I can't find the original mm-hmm. notes, but all Ray and Kylo and everybody end up at Coruscant. And uh, Poe also goes to a planet where like his grandfather or somebody lived, but like that was his thing. Mm-hmm. But they all end up going to Coruscant and like that's where the big final battle is happening. And similar to Rise of Skywalker, some Force ghosts come and help Rey, but you actually see them. And it was mm-hmm. Obi- Ben Kenobi, Mar- uh, Luke, and Yoda are all helping Rey, but they're also trying to convince Kylo to just surrender Yeah. while all of that's going on. And with all of that going on, um, Rey is also is revealed to be nobody still. But at the pinnacle of the fight, when she's still trying to get Kylo, because that kind of connection between them was still there. Yeah. And she's trying to convince Kylo to join the light side, much like the Force ghosts. And literally what it kind of seems like happens is Kylo reveals to her, I know what happened to your parents. When I joined Snoke, my first mission was to kill them. And you find out Kylo Ren murdered her parents. Shit. So then once she finds that out, she's she like... zaps him. No, no. But she's like, well, screw trying to help you. And just murks Kylo Ren. Just kills him. And... They tried to bring him back, didn't work, he dies. Does he give the whole strike me down? <laughs> no. A thousand Sith shall no. live in you. Pal- Palpatine is not in this <laughs> version other than the holocron. But, I'm uh, interested to know how much, because ha- they'd have to keep like a certain mm-hmm. amount from the original script, from Colin Trevorrow's script, yeah. to give him writing credit. So I'm curious to know like exactly what... Because it sounds like the whole movie is just completely different, which I mean, essentially it is because yeah. it's one. But, but some some of the stuff like Kylo Ren looking for the ultimate Sith, and you know the Force Ghost coming to help Rey, yeah. and and I'm sure there's more in the actual script that was more similar. And like Robert Meyer Burnett's video, which I highly recommend everyone going to check out, where he talks about it, he actually has like lines of dialogue that he's like, these are just interactions I thought were really good, and he like reads them off, hmm. and um. But yeah, no, I'm just fascinated by alternate history, alternate movie history. And look, there, there's no way of knowing that this movie would have been better than what we got or worse than what we got. Sure, if we get our hands on the script, we can make it like a low-budget one. <laughs> God. No, but, uh, but the thing is, because like some people, and like I, I want to be the person that's like, oh, this movie would have been so much better, blah, blah, blah. Like, I want to be that person, but realistically, we've read great scripts to movies that turned out shit. And we've read ass scripts to movies that turned out great with a yeah. great director. So it's all about just... How it would have been executed, and we don't know if it would have been better, but yeah. it would have been interesting to see. And I'm just fascinated by alternate movie history. We could do an entire episode on alternate movie history. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating. I mean, I, I've always mm-hmm. hated people that are like, this would be so much better. Like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm just going to use this as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1917, if you read that script, which I have not read that script, but if mm-hmm. you read the script, it's going to be vastly different than watching the movie. Because mm-hmm. watching the movie, it builds intensity through visuals, mm-hmm. and you can't get the visuals from reading. I mean, mm-hmm. sure, you can imagine it, but like reading the Star Wars script, the uh, Duel of the Fates script, you read it, and you're like, oh, this is how I would do it. But that's not how Colin Chavarro would do it. That's yeah. not how Lucasfilm would do it. It's not how mm. Kathleen Kennedy would want it to happen. So, I mean, clearly it's not how she wanted it to happen. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just like, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm happy with what we got. Um, but 
all these details coming out, it would have been fascinating to watch that movie as yeah, well. Like, and and, that, and that's how I kind of see it. Because while, while I don't hate Rise of Skywalker, I was disappointed by it. Mm-hmm. But even as someone who's disappointed with the film, I can't sit here and say automatically that this version would have been better. Because we don't know how it would have been helmed. We, yeah. like, we don't know. But, I, I, but like I said, I'm just really fascinated by alternate movie history. And I thought that it would have been a really interesting thing to just talk about and bring up. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's very and, and I got a bunch of this shit wrong. And I know that the going to be mad that I got a lot of like the specifics of it wrong. Because I, well, I Impromptu brought it up yeah. during the episode. And basically, there's a lot. Then there are several YouTube channels that like have everything broken down. Yeah. And you can go get all the specifics there. I just, but the general concept. You're here for it. our thoughts and our opinions. And that's what you're fucking here for. Even we're going to get that wrong. to you. <laughs> but yes. But uh, something else I did see that you did not mention. Mm-hmm. Um apparently R2-D2 was in a firefight and got hit. Mm-hmm. He wasn't killed, which mm-hmm. a lot of people thought he was killed. Mm-hmm. But Colin Chavarro was like, no, nah, he just he got hit like everyone else would. You know? Yeah, but the concept art broke my heart because it's 3PO like, like laying on yeah. him. And you know, you would have had like that sad ass speech of like, mm-hmm. R2, no. Yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah. Very fascinating. Very, mm-hmm. very cool stuff. I'd, I, I'd be interested to see. We might have to do an episode on that. Just like look up some movies that almost happened but didn't yeah. quite. Like mm-hmm. the Superman one, uh, Duel of Fates. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for two examples, the Men in Black Twenty One Jump Street crossover movie that was supposed to happen. Fuck yeah! Like, totally forgot. Just about I'm that. really fascinated by movies that almost happened. New Mutants. <laughs> it comes out in April. Uh, I'll fucking believe it once I watch the uh, end credits roll. <laughs> True. True. So the last thing we're gonna do before we end the show is we're gonna talk about movies that came out in 2005, which I, we've been doing from 2000, 2001 to blah blah blah. Now we're at 2005, mm-hmm. and 2005 had a lot of movies that I really liked coming out. But, uh, and I know I see that face and I already know some things you're going to talk about, oh, yeah. but uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick off this list. I'm going to get it out of the way right away. Get it done first. Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith came out in 2005. I was hoping you'd say that because I saw that. And was the like, most oh. memeable of the prequel trilogy. The I hate you. <laughs> the best of the prequel trilogy. General Kenobi. But, uh. God, what a fucking gem that yeah. is. What was believed to be the last Star Wars movie at the time. You know what? I'll say it. Uh. The prequel trilogy should have started with, like, that, or, like, somewhere around that timeline. Mm-hmm. For, it should have been episode one, and then episode two and three should have, like, dived deeper into, like, Anakin turning, and, like, that would have been... But, again, that's, like, an alternate yeah, history Yeah, and, and that's, that's the thing. Like, we could have maybe written a great script, but then the movie could have been more shit than what we got. Exactly, because fucking, know. what do we know? What if the Attack of the Clones yeah. script is the best that's, goddamn yeah. script you've ever read? I, I highly doubt it, but you never know. Yeah. Big boomers! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. God damn it. Um, there was another movie on here that I thoroughly love. I watch it every year, and oh, I... Every single English friend I have, I always wish them a happy Guy Fox Day, which is V Vor Vendetta. Yes. Uh, I believe it was a graphic novel mm-hmm. or some sort of comic book yep. Um, yep. adaptation. Uh, it has Hugo... Yeah, Hugo Weaving. That's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, phenomenal movie. I absolutely love this movie so much. I love the history of Guy Fox, uh, what he tried to do. It's just a fascinating story, and like I said, I watch this movie every year on November 5th. I always wish uh, any English men that I know or English women that I know a happy Guy Fawkes Day. Uh, just, you know, because it's, it's a fun little holiday that really no one knows about. <laughs> holiday, yes. Um, guess what else came out in 2005? Hmm. Batman Begins. The first of the Christopher Nolan Oh my Batman god, did that movies. really come out in 2005? Yes. Shit. 
Yes. I love Batman Begins. I think it's a fantastic film. 15 years ago. The Dark Knight trilogy started 15 years ago. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I think it's my... It's the second best of the trilogy. And I... It, it's... And, but what people don't realize about that movie is that it was literally a risk because the Batman movie before this was Batman and Robin. <laughs> so, like... That was the last like, I know that of had, audience had seen. Yeah. And people were... And the studio was very nervous. So they, much so that they had a working title for it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. I think it was Intimidation Game, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the working title for it for a really long time. Yeah. And they didn't know what to do. They got Christopher Nolan, who was an upcoming director, Memento and Insomnia, to yep. do Batman Begins. And he is the person who he is now. And this really helped jumpstart him and his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he took the character seriously. He tried to set it in what he thought was the real world. And I think it worked out for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, he grew upon these ideas and the themes and the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, but it all started here. And you have an amazing performance by Christian Bale. You have amazing direction by Christopher Nolan. They made him like almost a horror figure to criminals at night, which was very fascinating and interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Michael Caine is Alfred. You, know, you can go on and on about how great and iconic this movie was. Oh, yeah. But I like that it's t- it took its time to tell the story, and the story felt natural mm-hmm. to the character and to the origin of Batman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this next movie, we, we talk about it uh, a lot, so I know our, our opinions are kind of the same, but uh, the Peter Jackson King Kong. Oh, yeah. Awesome movie. What a great movie. I thoroughly love this movie. It's just fun. Um, you know, the showdown between the T-Rex and King Kong. God, I just, you know. Yeah, no, it was what awesome. A, what a great movie. It took three hours and 15 minutes, too. Great performance by Jack Black. Yeah. I believe Adrian Brody's in that movie, too, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did really yeah, he plays, well. like, the rich the, yeah, love yeah. interest or something. Yeah. No, a really great film. Um, I know you don't watch Harry Potter, but Harry Potter and the Goblet nope. of Fire came out in 2005, and it is a really, really great film. A, pe- a lot of people who like the book don't like the movie because the book or the the book's really long, and the mm-hmm. movie had to cut a lot out. I've read the, that book and the movie. They're different, but I really, really love the film. This is probably the first, like, action Harry Potter movie. Okay. Like, because it's um, basically in the world of Harry Potter... They basically have like an Olympics at Hogwarts, mm-hmm. and Harry has. Do they to, play like Quidditch or something like no, that? No, they like they have to like face dragons and shit. Oh, like, shit. like it's like oh, a, that's that. Movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it's it's really like the sequences are very thrilling in that film. Hmm. And I believe, let me make sure. I believe this is the first one that David Yates directed. No, wait, no, it isn't. He directed Order of the Phoenix first. This film was directed by Mike Newell, but uh, but yeah, because David David does that name mean something? I don't remember at the moment, but okay. when David Yates started when five, he directed the rest of them and Fantastic Beasts one and two. Oh shit! So like once okay. he came on, he stayed. Okay. But yeah, no, Harry, and there was another one-off director. Mm-hmm. But you know, Harry Potter and Goblet of Fire is a pretty. It's a pretty it's a solid movie. Yeah. So this next movie, uh, our generation grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it, it got me into superheroes. But Sky High. Oh, dude, I love Sky High. Uh, it's funny because a few two years ago, I want to say was the last time I watched it. And I was watching it. It was like one, two in the morning. You know how like late at night you kind of get like stupid and like, you know what I mean? Like you just get in that weird state of mind. Yeah. Uh, I was watching it and Bruce Campbell came on yeah, Bruce and I lost my shit. I had no idea. I, I totally forgot that he was in the movie. Yeah, the gym coach. Yeah. Coach Boomer, I believe his name <laughs> is. Um, 
But my God, what a! I mean that that got my interest into superheroes. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, what a no. fun little movie! I I love Scott Kurt Ryan. Russell. Like, yes, yes, so so good, so good. Such a fun little movie. Yeah. A hidden gem. Oh yeah. Um, Sin City also came out in two thousand five. Haven't seen it. It's I've seen it once. Mm-hmm. Very good. I need mm-hmm. to watch it again. But that's what kind of I got a huge uh, crush on Jessica Alba from Fantastic Four, uh, yes. and I heard that she was in which this. also came out that year. Yes, two thousand five. Yes, it did. I heard that she was in this movie, mm-hmm. so like my I kind of like watched it at a friend's house because I wasn't allowed to watch it, Ooh. and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I stylistically very cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I really like Robert Rodriguez, you know, mm-hmm. Spy Kids. Like, who the fuck doesn't know oh. that? You yeah. know, yeah. Um, but like I, I I like his like El Mariachi, mm-hmm. like his more mm-hmm. of his movies. Um, so it's just it's a movie I've been meaning to watch. I know that uh, Tarantino actually directed a scene. Yes, and um, he actually Robert Rodriguez quit the DGA so that Frank Miller could be a co-director on the film. Really mm-hmm. good for him. Yes, what a nice guy. Um, something else coming out in two thousand five was the very very first Chronicles of Narnia movie. I've I know I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. Other I, than Liam the thing is, the I've seen it, and then later in my life, I became a James McAvoy fan, like with Wanted and X Men, sure, sure, and all that. And then I went back and rewatched. Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, oh, no. and totally forgot that he was Mr. Tumnus, like the satyr. Yeah. Had no idea. And I, like, freaked out for a second. Like I was like, Boomer Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that James McAvoy? Huh. And, yeah, that, that one that one fucked me up. But, yeah, no, for a while, people thought that was going to be, like, the dominant franchise. Because mm-hmm. it was, people were really excited when that movie came out, and it, it was, it's a good, fun movie. The franchise kind of died off, but yeah, was, I think Netflix is going to do a series of it. Saw some. It came up in the yeah. news the other day mm-hmm. for me. Um, I personally really enjoy this movie. I know you don't really like it, um, but Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, oh, yeah. the Tim Burton one, I think that's a lot of fun. You know, the, and, and, and that, that movie has a lot of fans. And not, if you like that movie, that's great. It's either you like it or you I, love it. Or you I, hate I, it. I think it's trash. I think it's hot trash. But dude, I'm subjective. Mean, honestly, I am a huge Johnny Depp fan. Um, I was introduced to him through Pirates of the Caribbean as Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. And yes, I know the argument. He plays Jack Sparrow in every movie, which I could see that. But I don't it just... See that, but... I mean, just like, uh, I guess his mannerisms, yeah. the way he talks, like a little... Uh, mm-hmm. Not a little, but he, he's just very flamboyant in mm-hmm. his actions. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I get a kick out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. That's his acting style. That's the way he rolls. I'm about it. I'm a huge Johnny Depp fan because mm-hmm. of it. And... Uh, I have fun with it, you know? Yeah. And I actually watched this one before watching Willy Wonka. Really? Yep. This was my introduction to that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and I can see it having a special place in your heart. I saw Willy Wonka when I was really, really young. And when I saw this one, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, like, it's, 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 it's fucking weird. And, uh, yeah, but uh, I can never get over it. And, I, and I've tried to rewatch it and, like, clear my head of, like, the old <laughs> one. Just, like, let's just watch it again. Then I get, yeah. like, 30 minutes into it, and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I've and I've seen the whole movie a few times, but... It has its moments that I like, but mm-hmm. overall, it's just like never, never, never did it for me. Yeah, something that. else that came out in two thousand five was the remake of The Longest Yard, <laughs> and that movie is one hysterical. of the few Adam Sandler movies that I fucking love. Yes, yes, very, very funny. Uh, I love this movie, but it's been a while since I've watched it. Mister and Mrs. Smith. Oh, the movie's fun as hell. Like this married couple, which at the time they were married, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Were they married? I thought that's how they met. Oh, it could be. Well, fucking whatever. They were together. Um, but, you know, 
I, I just remember them having great chemistry. I remember it being fun as hell, them trying to kill each other, and, like, just a fun little stupid spy movie, you know? It's it's great. Um, <laughs> there is another movie that came out this year that was... I believe this man's done a lot of big stuff, too. Oh, my God, he has. Um, it's a movie called Be Cool. I've heard of this movie. You've talked about this movie, but I've I talk about this, this movie, movie a lot with everybody because mm-hmm. it's words I live by. Um, directed <laughs> oh by F. Gary Gray. Oh, F. Gary Gray made that movie? Yeah. I did not know he made that movie. Yeah. He's a fantastic filmmaker. Fantastic. And he made this, and it has a, a bunch of people. Matthew, uh, not Matthew Vaughn, fucking Vince Vaughn, <laughs> uh, John Travolta, Uma Thurman, uh, The Wolf, Harvey, or Harvey Keitel, it looks like. Wow. Dwayne Johnson, like it's a stacked cast, and no one knows about it. But you know the whole the whole premise is uh, John Travolta, I believe, was a movie producer, but now he wants to jump ship and go into music, uh, mm. producing music, and he just lives by the words "be cool." And you know, it's just like it's it's how I live <laughs> my life. Be cool, like don't. That. Yeah, it's it, it it's very hard to find. If you can find it, watch it. Mm-hmm. You will not be disappointed. Okay. Okay. Uh, Here's one for you. Walk the Line came out in 2005. Oh, my God. I, if you know me, you know I love Johnny Cash. And it, we, there's a funny story behind this movie, too. Because uh, uh, me and Dalton lived together for a year. Mm-hmm. And I would always talk about Johnny Cash, always listen to Johnny Cash. I have, like, a shirt or two of him. And I love Joaquin Phoenix. So naturally you'd be like oh have you seen walk the line i tried to get him for over a year to watch walk the line and for some fucking reason even though he loves everything that involves that movie he just wouldn't watch it yep. and it pissed me off to the point where i went out to best buy bought walk the line and just took it into his room and i was like here you have it now now just watch it and i watched it fine that watched night it. and i was not disappointed probably one of the best movies i've ever seen yes great movie james mangold is the shit oh yeah um I want to talk about a movie that a lot of people hate, but I actually thoroughly enjoy. Okay. And that's Steven Spielberg's version of War of the Worlds. Uh, is that Tom Cruise? Yes. Okay. And Dakota Fanning. Okay. I really like that film. I hate the storyline with the teenager, the teenage son. I do. I'll give I'll give the that. Horrible storyline. Mm-hmm. Everything else about the movie I thoroughly enjoy. Um, it's filmed very well. It's very intense. The suspense in that movie is extremely well done. Mm-hmm. It has that ridiculous fucking shot of the camera going through the car windows and wrapping around while it's driving, and I'm just like, how the fuck? Hmm. And it's really, really fascinating and interesting take on that tale, I thought. Yeah. I'm prob- I, I think I might be in the minority on that, because I know a lot of people who genuinely dislike that film. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that that's thoroughly, like one of his weaker ones. Yeah, it's considered one of his weaker ones, but I thoroughly enjoy Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Okay. Uh, if I come across it, I'll find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a movie that every time I talk to movie fans, no one has ever seen this movie, and it really upsets me because it's a lot of fun. Um, it's Sahara with mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey. Nope. And Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. Um, Rain Wilson. What a fun adventure movie, dude. Really? It is a lot of fun. Um, it's It's based off of a book, and actually my dad loves that author and like reads all his stuff uh so naturally he was watching and i watched Mm -hmm. it and it's a lot of fun every time i find it i always watch it it is just a fun adventure movie Hmm. fascinating yeah and it has matthew mcconaughey and what's not to love about mcconaughey (laughs) you know he is the man yeah um wedding crashers came out in 2005 you've ever seen wedding crashers nope 
you've listed two movies that I have not seen: War of the Worlds and Wedding Crashers. I'd say 2005 so far is going good. Uh, Wedding Crashers is a very, very, very funny comedy. Okay. Um, it's literally just Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, and they get women by going by randomly showing up at weddings and creating backstories for themselves and sleeping with one of the bridesmaids or like just one of the lonely people, and that's just what they do. Yeah. And they slowly just realize like, wow, we're horrible people and we hate our lives, and it's just about them coping with the kind of people that they are. That and Vince Vaughn starts dating a, like a crazy woman, and mm-hmm. it's so funny. Uh, played by an actress I really love, and I'm forgetting her name. It's gonna bother me. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> but uh, she's a phenomenal actress, and I'm I'm losing the what name. Her name was uh, Isla Fisher, amazing actress, and she's so good at this. Her name movie. sounds really familiar. Has she been in anything recently? Yes, she was in I'll Pull Her Up Again because I also forget what she was in recently. Might have been that really bad movie, uh, Keeping Up with the Joneses. That might have been it. She blonde? No, she's a redhead. Tag. She was in Tag. She was in Tag. That was it. Yes. yes. She was like yes. the crazy wife. Yes. yes. God damn. That's a... Okay. Good pull. Good pull. Thanks. Um, Man, I love Wedding Crashers. Another movie I want to bring up because it's a movie I admit that I have not seen. Wow. And I hate myself because Shane Black made it and it, apparently it's an incredible film and it's called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I also have not seen this. Robert Downey Jr. Val Kimmer. I hear it is like the better... And I love The Nice Guys. I've heard that it's like the better original version of The Nice Guys. Interesting. Okay. And I really, really want to watch this movie. I hate that I haven't seen it, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up because I know in the film fan community how that movie is seen as excellent. Um, Oh, yeah. Very, very. hmm. You want to talk about nostalgia? Yeah. The Pacifier with Vin Diesel came out in 2004. (laughs) Dude, I was at work and this movie was just playing in the background. Mm Mm-hmm. I totally forgot this movie even existed. What a, just a stupid, fun movie. Yes. Pacifier? Yeah. Just, I mean, I haven't sat down and watched it in a long time, but, like, as a kid, I remember, like, yeah. enjoying it. No, because I remember, this is an oddly specific story, but Max Thurut plays the older teenager, and I was watching Bates Motel when when it was airing, and he shows up, and the whole time I was watching the episode he was in, I was like, where the fuck? fuck have I seen this actor from mm-hmm. and then right as the credits started I was like the pacifier and then I like was so <laughs> proud of myself for like remembering that's where I saw him from yeah but that's I, a deep pool yeah Holy shit. yeah also the 40 year old virgin came out in 2005 and that movie is f- that is honestly one of the funniest comedies ever made yeah one of the best comedies it is hysterical and the, just as a character piece it's really really great interesting um, a lot of great there's a great comedic ensemble in there led brilliantly by Steve Carell yeah oh and really quick and then I'll, I promise I'll let you take some yeah no you're good you're good I'm enjoying this a movie came out in 2005 that admittedly is not a great film but it has fucked me up in one aspect of my life forever it's an Eli Roth film called Hostel oh. and because of this film I will never ever in my life stay in a hostel as Unreasonable as that may seem, I have been like, you know, planning European vacations where mm-hmm. I have canceled going because the only thing available to stay in was a hostel. And no matter how much my friends or people try to convince me, I don't care who I'm with. Shit. I'm really? not doing it. Yeah. And like Eli Roth, he's done that a few times. Even in movies that are really bad, like Death Wish, the movie was horrible, the remake mm-hmm. of Death Wish. But I will never do valet parking. Well, I'll do valet parking, but I'll never get a car that has a GPS in the car. Because how they find Bruce Willis's house is a valet driver clicks home on the GPS and then takes a picture of it. 
and that scared the fuck out of me. I was like, oh my god. Like, I never even thought about you doing that. It's like, Eli Roth, just, he likes to tap into my nerves and just be like, nope, 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 you're not yeah. going to do this you're the, you're the rest of your life. So, yeah, no, a hostile, fuck that noise. Yeah. I just add it, the movie. I'll, I'll fuck to, that noise, yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, One of the greatest sports movie of all time came out in 2005, starring Samuel Jackson. Coach Carter. Yep. So I ruined it. No, you're yeah. fine. One of the greatest, most inspirational, most inspirational uh, movies of all time. It like during this time, whenever I watched it, I was like really big into basketball, um, and this just really just you know, it really hit home for me watching this movie, and I I love it, and it, it'll always have a, a special place in my heart, especially since it has a very very young Channing Tatum as well, <laughs> who you yeah. would not recognize. Interesting. So I just looked down at my phone at a movie that came out that year, and I, uh, I, I The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. You know what? I was wondering who'd bring it up first. You were me, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we have our answer. Oh, God. Robert Rodriguez. Oh, my God, it is Robert Rodriguez. Holy yep. shit. Yep. Wow. Gotta love him. Got to that love him. That is insane. I didn't know that was him. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we were talking about him earlier with Spy Kids and shit. Yep. Wow, what the fuck? Oh my god, the really bad Electro movie came out in 2005. I haven't seen it. The spinoff of the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Yeah. Not good. It's even worse than the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Hey, take that shit back. He's better than Charlie Cox. Oh, no, he fucking isn't. <laughs> and I, I, you know I love Ben Affleck. Yeah. Uh, and his performance is fine. The movie is just trash. Yeah. No, I just like to fuck with you. Although I've heard the director's cut's not bad, but I have not seen the director's cut. Snyder cut, some might say. Another 2005 banger, Madagascar, the first one. Are you kidding me? What a great movie. Uh, go ahead. Robots. The cartoon movie Robots with Robin movie. Williams and Ewan McGregor. I Is Ewan the... He's the main robot. Oh my god, he is. Yes. Fuck. That, uh, that movie Halle has Barry a nostalgic place in my heart. That movie was fun and hilarious when I watched it as a kid. Oh, yeah. No, I I thoroughly loved this movie. This was such a fun movie. Um, one of the last movies I'll bring up, just because there's not a lot that I've seen, but the stuff I have seen I've mentioned. Um, Hoodwinked. Have mm. you seen it? No, but I know of it. Very strange animation style, mm-hmm. but I want to bring it up because... The, uh, what's his name? The Wolf, played by Patrick Warburton. Uh, the way they play that character and the way his character dynamic is, is exactly like Fletch. Really? And it is fun as hell. Now, as a <laughs> child, I never watched Fletch. Yeah. So I thought the whole wolf persona in that movie was a lot of fun. And, you know, he got a, a lot of good laughs out of me. Even, you know, a few years ago, whenever I sat and watched it, I was like, that's funny. And then I watched Fletch, where they got that character inspiration from, and I laughed even harder, because I was like, holy shit, this is even better than uh, the wolf's portrayal in Hoodwinked. Mm-hmm. Um, but fun little, you know, tidbit. If you've seen both, you know it, but if you haven't, you know now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up 2005 films. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for watching. It's always a pleasure to do the show. Uh, next week we're going to have our official Oscar prediction, so we're going to be killing ourselves over the next week. God, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, don't forget to follow us on social media, uh, Facebook Movie Nights, Instagram and Twitter at night underscore movie, uh, youtube.com slash c slash movie nights, and we're also on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts under just movie nights. Dude, fucking killing it. Thank you. Spot on. Thank you. Thank you. We still don't have an outro. But I'll work on it. Eh, we'll see. 50 episodes. Oh, this was the 50th episode. Oh, yeah. Well, technically, it's the 51st episode because I misnumbered a long time ago, and I just refuse to go back and fix it because I'm lazy as shit. Eh, it takes a lot of work, too, because then you have to go into each episode. Yeah, and, and it's... Yeah, yeah, fuck yep, that. Yep. Yeah. If, if we ever make enough money to like have an intern one day, that's their first job. <laughs> I'm just, just going to be like 300 episodes deep. and be like, hey, go through and renumber these for me, will you? God damn. Awful. That'd be funny. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. No. Uh, again, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye bye.